Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome. This is Linda here, and I have someone that I have admired for a long time and who has a voice that I find one fascinating, two very powerful, and three just very engaging. And my guest is Ariana Newcomer. And I love the fact that she specializes in healing the soul's voice to joyfully express its divine purpose. And we're all, we've all been talking about purpose. She's a voice healer and has been since 1984. And her, her, She's called by the community the voice coach's voice coach. Who who else should we have on this call to talk about voice? Um, And she was a former professional opera singer, which I think is just amazing. Um, But unfortunately, an injury ended her career. And yet that quest to recover her own voice has taken her on a healing journey that has inspired her unique and I have to tell you very powerful approach to healing the soul's voice as well as the voice that you hear in the world. Ariana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Linda. Delighted to be with you. And Ariana, we're going to talk actually in a couple different directions. We've been on a, uh, a show before, and so there are a couple things that came out of that show that I'd love to talk about, as well as talking more about quote, the shadow side of leadership and the shadow side of using your voice in mm. leadership as well. So I've got a couple different things that I want to play with. Uh, are, you, are you game? Absolutely. All right, good. So one of the things that I'd like to ask, you know, women tend to shrink back from leadership and oftentimes you can hear that in their voice. So how can women step in and sound more authoritative just using their voice? Well, big question. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So the issues why women step back are sometimes different for different women. So um, I'm going to talk about a a couple or maybe even three different scenarios. So in one circumstance, a woman may have been just completely ridden over Mm -hmm. in the past. And she's learned to keep her mouth shut because people don't ever really listen to her. So I have worked with many, many women who are in the corporate arena who bring up an idea at a meeting Mm -hmm. and it gets shot down or it gets completely ignored and then you know three or four people around the table someone else will bring up the same idea usually a man Mm -hmm. and then people will say oh what a great idea or the woman's boss when she brings up an idea the boss will totally shoot it down And then three or four days later, he, usually he, will bring it out as his own idea. Right. And I've I've actually had that happen to me when I was in corporate. So I understand that whole concept. And it's it's very um, heart-wrenching when that happens. It really, you know, destroys your sense of worth. And I, I can see where, you know, all of a sudden your voice begins to rise because, you know, you're, you're, you begin, the emotions get involved in that and you get angry and frustrated and all that. Right. right. And, and you, you feel devalued. Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. not being valued. And um, so there are those women who just shut up at that point and decide they're not going to contribute anymore uh, because they, they get treated this way. And then there are the women who get defensive and angry as you were talking about. And then our, the tone of voice becomes this one that people then decide they can just dismiss because you're sounding like an emotional woman. well and and didn't didn't that just come out in in the most recent um 
Senate hearings. Um, the, this, I, and I'm sorry, I don't remember the, the the Congress people, but the woman was was asking questions and whatever, and they and she was purported to be hysterical, and yet the man was asking similar questions in similar tone of voice, and there was no repercussions yes. to him. Yes. Right? So, yeah. so as women, we're we're in this situation where we can be, you know, damned if you do and damned if you don't. Pardon mm-hmm. my swearing, but that's really what it is. And so, we unfortunately have to be hyper aware, so that when we get triggered with this, one of the primary things that I recommend that we do is breathe. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath into the belly. So that's the time that's going to give you the option to respond rather than react. So take that time to take a take slow deep breath or several slow deep breaths before responding. And then make a choice to keep your tone of voice very level and even. And I okay. really think it's also appropriate to treat the other person who has either disparaged your idea in the past or brought up your idea as as his own afterward as though he were doing it unconsciously or she sometimes it's it's a female boss but most often it's men who do this and this comes out of our cultural story that says that what women say is less important than what men say that the voice of authority is male Mm. that women as beings are less than men, male beings. So we have to recognize within ourselves that story and we shift that for ourselves and then we claim our authority in in a very calm, clear voice and we make sure we're not getting into this kind of tone of voice where the you know, the emotions are coming into the voice and or the pitch goes way up and it sounds and we sound like a kid, you know, and well, you know. Ha, ah, breathe. Get the breath into the belly. Take that couple of beats, couple of breaths, and then say to yourself, I'm speak in a calm, clear tone of voice because this is my best option for having this turn out well for me. So, listeners, you've heard her do several things here. One, and it seems to be the theme uh, this month, is around breath. Um, That stopping, taking a few clear, cleansing breaths can be really great to to shift from reacting to responding. And I loved the, the concept of having a clear, calm tone of voice and not that high-pitched, squeaky voice or hearing the emotion in your voice where you're almost ready to cry, but not quite, and to be able to respond and to react as though they were unconscious that they did that they presented your idea right after you did. I think that's beautiful, Ariana. And one, one of the things that I strongly recommend if it's this kind of thing in a meeting situation or if you're mm-hmm. in a situation where there are other people around when you've presented this idea that your boss then claims was his a few days later. If you ask someone that you believe can be an ally for you and say, I've experienced having the ideas that I present be ignored or shot down, and then when someone else brings them up, they're they're told, oh, what a great idea. Have you noticed that? And just ask them. It's probably going to be another woman, but it could be another man who's highly conscious, Mm -hmm. and then ask them if they say, yes, I have noticed that, then ask them to be an ally for you. And in the meeting, that person can just very calmly say, when that fourth person around the table brings your idea back and it gets acclaimed, that person can say just very calmly, oh, great, thank you for bringing um, Linda's idea back to the table. That is an awesome advice and I, I think you're absolutely correct that having that ally having somebody else's voice who has authority or perceived authority can bring it around so that they don't forget 
that it was your idea to begin with. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And then within yourself, you just know that this is an old cultural story that what women say doesn't matter and it doesn't mean anything unless a man says it. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to buy into that story anymore. So that can, just that perspective shift can help you think of other ways also to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So part of this, Ariana, it, it, does this have to do with sort of who in your spirit is running the show, you know, whether it's the adult or the inner child? Um, and if so, does recognizing the inner child and how to keep them from running the show help us to, again, show more authority, have more command in our voice and that kind of thing? Yes, and, and this is always our work is, is becoming more conscious, right? Right. <laughs> this is, yeah. You know, as, as human beings, as we are, and, and most of us are on a personal growth path, and it really never ends. I used to think in my 20s when I started doing my personal growth work that at a certain point it's going to be done. Okay, that's it. I'm done, and I can just live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... I've discovered that that's not true. Personal growth is a lifelong path, and it is the thing that is going to make us the most happy, is to continue doing our work and continue growing and learning throughout our life. And part of this is being able to recognize when parts of us are running the show that shouldn't be. So a great analogy is thinking of a child who's maybe six, and we all have woundings. No matter how great our parents were, we all have wounds from our childhoods. And we all have wounded inner children. Some of us have many wounded inner children. And so if you find yourself getting that seriously triggered and wanting to really go into those strong, strong emotions, most likely it's an inner child Mm -hmm. who got shushed or shamed or silenced as a kid or who got really shot down for something. And our inner children need to be loved and cherished, but they can't drive the car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and Ariana, I think it's interesting that you brought up the car metaphor because it's something that I use sort of every morning with those pieces, parts of me, and I give them assignments for the day so that I can continue to do my work and they're busy, you know, like the people pleaser and, and that kind of thing, the inner child. And I found that, at least for me, it's worked really well in keeping them in their appropriate um role in my life um, because I as you said I have a lot of wounds um, most of which came out of my my childhood and even though you know you think you've worked through it I'm done I've I've eradicated that one it's gone it when as you rise right the, it comes back but in a different uh, orientation a different uh, way right right and and that idea of eradicating something getting rid of something is never going to work right We're actually I like to describe it as a spiral when that when what seems like the same issue comes around again I've learned to recognize you know there's something more for me to learn from this but I'm at a different place on my spiral of growth so it's not exactly the same but our six-year-olds don't get to drive the car. They can sit in the back seat and color. Right. right. Yes. They can be the creative director for our project today, but they don't get to drive the car. Right. And they're definitely never the navigator. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I, I, I've played with that realm um, quite but, a bit. But the most important thing about, no, you're not going to ever eradicate. And if you try to, that inner child will just get more fierce and slap you in the face when you least expect it. Our inner children need to be loved and cherished, treated with that love, given another job to do with love, love and acceptance. Okay. So audience, you've heard Ariana, when you're working with your inner child, um, that wonderful four-year-old, six-year-old, somewhere in that range, and she or he wants to drive the car. Instead, 
give them another job to do, something that's appropriate for their life, and recognize the fact that there's a reason that they're there and that it's important to love them, care for them, sit in a rocking chair and just rock with them, play with a toy, um, have a toy that was something that was special for you in your life at the time, and just know that there's a reason that they're there. And on that note, while you're cogitating on that, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Voice America Women's Channel. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And hopefully during that break, you had a moment to maybe spend with your inner child, your four-year-old, and give her just a little bit of attention and let her know that she's appreciated and loved, um, but she can't drive the car, nor can she navigate. She can sit in the back and color. So, Ariana, welcome back. (laughs) So let's just talk a bit about leadership. And first of all, um, what's the biggest key to voicing your leadership? It's being able to speak in a way that carries authority but is not dominating. So you're actually inspiring the people underneath you to bring forward their ideas, to be able to collaborate, to be able to be their best selves. You want to empower the people underneath you. So someone who's a leader who thinks being a leader is talking like this and who's talking loud all the time and his voice is kind of like an assault. And this usually happens more with men than with women. And I'm going to stop doing that because I'm sure it's irritating. (laughs) Yes. So you can you can notice how you feel. How mm. did you feel when I was talking that way? And we've all had the experience with someone who talks like that. And usually there's somebody who really never listens. Mm. So when you're being authoritative as a leader, it doesn't mean that you have to talk like that. And you want to be the kind of leader who holds authority, but it is in 
the context of partnership, being in partnership. There are more and more studies coming out that show that the managers and leaders who actually empower those underneath them and encourage those underneath them are much more highly respected. They get much better results from people and they make more money for their companies. So this old, again, this cultural story of, well, if I'm a leader, I have to just dominate and I have to make you do it my way because that's how I be a leader. That's actually an old story that we need to shift and get rid of. So I'm using... Go ahead. Yeah. Finish. Sorry. I'm using these words, domination and partnership, and these are part of Rianne Eisler's work, and she's one of my mentors. She has a beautiful book called The Power of Partnership, and she's a prolific author, a lot of other books. But these these terms are just fabulous for clarifying what works and what doesn't. So we've had this dominator model of culture for thousands of years on the planet, And what we need is a partnership culture. So dominating leaders lead by um, essentially through fear. Dominator culture is maintained through fear and violence. Dominating leaders disempower those under them. And... uh, so it, and you can see this is, and in, in you've been, you come out of the military, Linda. This oh, yes. is kind of the military model, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about command. Uh, the, you know, the whole concept of what I say, you do. And mm-hmm. I, I think that the thing that has struck me recently is, as a senior officer. I mean, I was, I was a major. Yes, there are many ranks still above me, but still, it's relatively senior. And as long as you were senior, you walked into the room and everybody stood up. There was no question that you would stand up and you'd stay standing until that person told you to sit down. There was an expectation that if you wanted something and you expressed it, that it would happen. And that whole command structure, I think, is, is part of what you're talking about as far as dominance. And my daughter has this great quote that fear makes the wolf look larger. And mm-hmm. it's Red Riding Hood is standing on the side of it. And I, I think that's so true is that when we're in a fear culture, um, everything looks more ominous than when you're in what you're talking about as a partnership and it's interesting you've you've pulled two quotes that i i love to use which is bill gates who in the last century sounds so far away doesn't it um, said (laughs) that leaders in this century would be those who empower others so he was already beginning to talk about that partnership model and john maxwell defined leadership as influence nothing more, nothing less. And so this whole partnership, this whole, um, you know, listening to what the other people in your team are saying, building relationships is a really powerful model for leaders. And yeah. And And the thing, the thing that I like too about the words domination and partnership as opposed to patriarchy and matriarchy is that it takes the onus off of gender. Mm. For one thing. And then if you're looking at patriarchy or matriarchy, that means either men or women are dominating. Right. right. And right. That's, that's not what's going to create the kind of culture that's going to have us have a planet we can continue to live on. Well, I think, too, Ariana, that says that only men can dominate and only women can partner. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you call it you know, matriarchy, patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, whereas the dominance partnership could be either because there are women who can command and yeah. dominate as well right exactly yes yes and our gender definitions need to become more relaxed mm. and and more fluid because we all have inner parts that are as women we have inner masculine as men we have inner feminine and just because we happen to be caring and nurturing doesn't mean we're feminine. Also you can be a true. man, you can be a, a you know, full-on, fabulous man and be caring and nurturing. And you can be a full-on, fabulous woman and be very powerful. And Ariana, I think you'd agree that we need both sides. We need that those feminine qualities of collaboration and nurturing and caring and 
relationship building and that kind of thing. But we also need the masculine as, you know, we've been creative as a female, but we oftentimes need the masculine qualities to make it work and to actually get it accomplished and done. And so you need both sides of those within your personality in order to be successful. Right. And so honoring those parts within ourselves is part of actually being in partnership with self, Mm. which is the very first step of partnership. Again, like working with our inner children, we've got to be in partnership with them. We have to love and appreciate them and be in partnership and say, what, you know, what do you need today? You need me to rock you? Do you need me to tell you you're loved and beautiful and wonderful? Or do you need to go out and play? Same thing with our masculine and feminine interior selves. Mm-hmm. We need to create partnership there. Right. So very true. We, we can't have them as separate entities that don't talk to each other. Um, right. Maybe you've even put your masculine in prison somewhere and you know your feminine sort of stands outside and talks very cautiously with him. Um, so question about how does leading from that partnership perspective really improve your ability to listen and communicate? Because you said that on the dominant side that usually you're not listening. So how... Exactly. Yeah, how do you shift that? So when you're coming from this perspective of I'm in partnership with those that I'm leading. So the people on my team are my partners in this work that we're all doing. So if you take that perspective rather than I'm the one in charge here and everybody has to do what, exactly what I say and I have to come up with all of the solutions here. Mm-hmm. It's all up to me. If you're have that perspective you're automatically going to be disempowering those underneath you you're not going to be giving them the opportunity to come up with creative ideas and present them to you because you coming across they they know and understand you're not going to hear them mm-hmm. so when you're looking at this in the context of partnership ah i'm in partnership with all these people yes i'm the ultimate authority on my team and we're all in we're all together in this. Mm -hmm. And the more we can all be in partnership together, the better results we're going to get overall. And so the partnership actually brings the collaboration? Yes. If you're looking with that perspective, you're automatically going to be more inclined to listen more carefully to other people's ideas rather than feeling threatened when someone under you has a great idea because you didn't have it first. If you're not the dominator, if you're in partnership with them, it's not a threat to you when someone else has a great idea. Oh, fabulous, good, I'd love to hear it. So it automatically shifts you into a perspective where you are interested in hearing their ideas. And those people then are going to know that their ideas are welcome and this doesn't mean, as I said, that, that this is now going to be a consensus-run team. You still are, have the authority. Right. And they know that. But they also know that their perspective and their ideas and their creativity are welcomed and needed and honored. So they're going to work their butts off for you. I think this is you know, it's a fabulous concept. And I, I think more getting more and more organizations and groups to embrace this would definitely you know, improve the working environment and really encourage people to follow their vision. I mean, one of the things that, that I talk about it, as far as leadership is concerned is that not only do you as the leader have a vision, you know where the group's going, you know where, where the end of the trip is or whatever, but it's important to know all the people that you work with What's their vision? Where are mm-hmm. they going? What do they want to have happen so that you can all work towards those in partnership and make them ouch, make them happen um, and thus inspire the motivation that won't keep them moving forward, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then let, let's take this dominator and partnership piece out a little further. So it, it begins with partnership with self. So we talked about that in the context of our inner children and our inner masculine and feminine. Then it goes to your intimate 
relationships with your family members, spouses, partners, et cetera. It goes into the community. It goes into your workplace, which we've just been talking about. Then it also goes out into our larger communities, our countries, and then it goes out to nature and to our spirituality. So when we can embrace this partnership as a, as a life philosophy, then we can also bring that sense of partnership to nature and to our planet. And one of the reasons, of, one of the big reasons why we are in the pickle we're in right now with our climate is that we have been dominating. Mm-hmm. We've been dominating the earth and some of that old religious teaching you have been given dominion over the earth and and uh it's been misinterpreted (laughs) i mean we get to just do whatever we want with it and and um and nature doesn't really matter well we've discovered that that's not the case so we need to actually be in partnership with our our planet as well with nature so ariana i you know I, i understand you know obviously the partnership within self working with the inner child and, and your adults and all the other pieces, parts of you, um, family, intimate relationships, that makes sense. And that would be, for me, would be the natural next step. Community, work, um, and then moving from there to the earth. How do we begin to develop in just a bit um, a relationship with the earth in such a way that we can heal her um, and you know, have the legacy that we want to pass to our children and not what it looks like right now? We have to recognize ourselves as only one of many, 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 many millions of organisms and beings on Earth. And that we are part of an entire planet-wide system. And it is incumbent upon us to behave that way. So when we are in partnership with nature, we are not going to, for instance, say, well, it doesn't matter how much pollution comes out of taking carbon-based fuels out of the earth. The most important thing is to make money and have the power that comes from it, Mm -hmm. be able to drive our cars. We also have to take into account the actual costs of the pollution in terms of health, in terms of the degradation of the natural world, in terms of the the destruction of the habitats of other beings on the planet. And uh, we have to take into account the future generations, as the first peoples would say. You know, seven generations back, seven generations forward. What is going to happen to them based on what I'm doing today? So it's to have that wider view and to see ourselves as part of this web of life. As opposed to being the singular, most important being on the planet. Um, you know, when you, I, I love right. the TV series Zoo because it, it shows us if the animals took the dominance of the world, what the, they would accomplish as far as decimating humans. Um, and I, I just think it's a very interesting concept. So, audience, while we take a quick break, think about what would happen if we were no longer dominant and other species on the planet were. What would that do to our quality of life? And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlinda.com. 
Let leadership expert Linda Patton be your guide to uncovering the leader that lives within you and that you are meant to be. Through her signature training programs and workshops, Linda takes you every step of the way to help you tap into your personal leadership power, design a clear vision, build a loyal, effective team, and create a practical plan to make your dream come true. Get started now by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at dare to dream with Linda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dream with Linda.com. Religion and faith are many different things to many different people. Once you have the basic foundations of religious faith, the rest is up to you. Listen for Everyday Spirituality with host and life coach Kimberly Tobin. We can look past the restraints of religion where it is thought that one belief is the gold standard and everything else is wrong. Spirituality can be found in everything, and we can peacefully exist with different paths to belief. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Women. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretodreamwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I surely do not want you to be worried that the elephants are going to take over the world. That was not where I was going with that. Um, but I did, uh, it, there, it is an interesting premise that we as humans have taken on that we're at the top of the food chain. And what we've done with that stewardship, um, you know, have we really um, been concerned about that stewardship or are we more concerned about what it does for us? As you said, Ariana, am I more concerned about, you know, the cars that I drive and the money that I make and that kind of thing than what I'm doing to this planet that is our home? Um, so on that note. Uh, and, there, and there is no planet B. No, that's true. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we We have not found that other place to be which yeah. could take us to a whole nother level of uh, science fiction books, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, were, so we want to be in partnership with all the aspects of our life, our being, our world, uh, in such a way that it's a harmonious and prosperous um, connection, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's something else that, that came up in our, our discussion, and that was about spiritual bypass and leadership. So I have to ask, first off, what is spiritual bypass? Great. This is, this is something that uh, it's a really important subject. So, you know, we're in California, and of course, here in California, there are a lot of people who consider themselves highly spiritual. And there actually are lots in other parts of the country, too, but, but we tend to think of ourselves at, kind of at the forefront of this. But I'm from Massachusetts, and I can tell you there are spiritual people in Massachusetts, too, <laughs> <laughs> and in New York City as well. So, um, But spiritual bypass is, uh, is kind of wanting to take all the good and happy stuff in spirituality and ignoring our own deep work that we have to do. So this connects in with this inner child work and this domination versus partnership work because we have to be whole human beings. And that means we have to be able to dance with our own shadow. And we all have the quote-unquote shadow side, and I'm going to tell you that shadow is not the bad, horrible, and awful parts of ourselves, although that's often, often how we think of it. But again, as with inner child, our shadow parts, like our inner critic, our perfectionist, our, uh, our prejudiced parts, our, you know, our bigoted and prejudiced parts, which most of us have, even though we would like not to, um, those parts have to be, again, treated with love, we can't get rid of them. If you want to try and push down your shadow parts, it's like holding a beach ball underwater. So if those of you who've tried to do that, you know it's nearly impossible. 
to hold a beach ball underwater. And the more you try and do it, the more certain it's going to be that it's going to fly up out of the water and smack you in the face when you least expect it. Mm -hmm. So, again, doing our work, this is coming back to our personal growth work, is that's our core work. That's our lifelong project. And loving and honoring our shadow is another piece that is really important to do. So those who are engaging in what, what is called spiritual bypass are saying, oh, I, I just have to have only positive thoughts or I'm not going to be able to manifest or um, I, can't do, I, I can't deal with anger because that's negative or I'm going to just ignore this part of me that's really sad and angry and or this part of me that really, uh, you know, distrusts that person of color when I see them on the other side of the street, I'm just going to ignore that and um, not go there and pretend, and it really is a pretense, I'm going to pretend that I am not any of those things. So spiritual bypass actually causes bad leadership because, <laughs> <laughs> because again, we're, we're not in full partnership. First of all, we're not in full partnership with ourselves because we're denying parts of ourselves, And we're not doing the work necessary to really engage with, recognize, and acknowledge the parts of myself that I really don't like. When we don't do that, then the same parts of other people are going to trigger our unconscious parts and we're going to react badly <laughs> yes. to, that other, to that other person when we see it come up in them because I've stuffed it in me. So, um, and again, this is, this is ongoing work, but to, to try and have everything be all love, light, and positive ain't going to work, honey. <laughs> oh, so very true. Yes, um, and, and some some philosophies say that the shadow side is your ego, and that the positive side is love. And yeah, and I I I don't agree with that. Okay, because as we were talking about, sometimes we want our inner masculine to get things done. Sometimes we we need our ego to get things done. Right. So ego can be our ally. But if we try and get rid of our ego, which is what a lot of spiritual traditions kind of talk about, look out. Right. The beach ball is going to smack you in the face. It's part of you. It needs to be honored, and also it doesn't get to drive the car. <laughs> <laughs> so true. When, when, when my inner critic runs the car, we just sort of don't go anywhere because right. you're constantly beating yourself up for stuff. Or the perfectionist, I learned um, actually – a short while ago about the lab of experimentation and taking those ideas that you have through the lab and creating something that's okay to send out and you send it out and you run it and you see where it is and you bring it back into the lab to modify it, to add other things and and that kind of thing. But you don't get stuck in the lab. You Uh do send it out because otherwise nothing that you do would ever get out to the world and you'd be the best kept secret, right? Right. Yeah. And that and this spiritual bypass, how it affects leadership is everybody has seen an example of a religious leader who built a huge movement and then had a, a sexual abuse scandal that took him down. Yeah, so we can and, talk, talk about a whole church that's had that challenge, right? It, Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and gurus from India and, uh, you know, shamans from, you know, we're not immune to these things. And when we refuse to love, honor, and work with our own shadow and be, be willing to look and see, okay, what part of what's going on here is mine to own? Without taking on everything, because it's every, not, everything is not our fault. Mm-hmm. Just that's another issue that women can get into is, oh, it's all my fault. Uh, absolutely. It's always all my fault. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and it's a thing that men can get into, and it's, which is it's, none of it's ever my fault. So right. <laughs> um, uh, that's another cultural story. Right? right, right. So 
it's really, really important that we continue to do our own work. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I do as a spiritual mentor and channel is I get information from my spirit guides. And they have given me information about our third chakra, which is in the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. So right at that place right underneath the ribs. And they've told me that our third chakras are patterned in the energy pattern of domination because we've had this for thousands of years on the planet and that part of our job in shifting to partnership is to change the energy pattern of our third chakras. Mm -hmm. And I have created a guided meditation and sound healing, which helps you do just that. So that is a gift that you can get from me. Terrific. And that gift will be on my website, which we'll talk about a little bit. And I thank you, Arietta, for that. But you have something else that's coming up that you'd like to share with our listening audience. I do. Well, it's it's actually at the airing of the show. It will have just kind of wrapped up in the previous month. But I have hosted an online interview series called Reclaiming the Wise Woman Elder for the Healing of Earth. And uh, Rianne Eisler was my keynote speaker, and Barbara Marks Hubbard was in it, Reverend Deborah Johnson, many beautiful, beautiful elders who actually have been mentors of mine. And I have a, also have a man speaking about yes. the importance of uh, being in partnership with women and why it helps men to respect and honor wise women elders. So you can go to wisewomenelder.earth to purchase the package of the recordings. And I hope you will do that because this was just an incredible interview series. And I can't wait to listen to it. Um, or I may have listened to it before the show starts, but it sounds it sounds <laughs> fabulous. Ariana, unfortunately or fortunately or unfortunately, I'm gonna be in Scotland for the entire month of September. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm resting, rejuvenating and getting in touch with um, my roots, and I'm really looking forward to that. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Just, bef- just before um, my daughter gets married. So I think it's very timely. Um, so, audience, um, that information uh, again was www.wisewomenelder.earth. Perfect. All right. So, if you're interested, please go to that website and take a look at what all she has. Has to offer for you there, um, Ariana. I have one other one other thought. Um, in some respects, you were talking about sort of a basic um, model of human behavior, um, which wraps around your thoughts, trigger certain feelings, that then um, you take action, be that fight, flight, or appease, which gets you certain results. Or freeze. And, <laughs> a freeze, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and and then it, you get a certain result. And when you're not happy with the result, most individuals will go back to action. If I just change how I do things, I can change the result. Um, I think oftentimes this ha- also has to do with weight. You know, you, you didn't get the results you wanted, so you go back and you change the diet. And y- you sabotage it or do whatever, and you don't get the results. And, you know, and that kind of thing. Rather, And that's all the outside stuff that you can do. And you, we, de- we don't deal with what's inside the thoughts and the feelings and I think that's sort of where where you were going with um, some of this work with um, spiritual bypass mm-hmm. is look, looking at your thoughts and how they're in essence impacting your life and the lives of others yeah yes and that's where your breath is supremely important so I, I want to bring you back to that, that your number one go-to place when you're feeling yourself getting triggered is your breath. Mm-hmm. Slow, deep breath into the belly. Again, that's, that's your third chakra there too. So you're softening your third chakra as opposed to clenching there, which makes you want to control and dominate yourself or somebody else. And you breathe and you soften your belly and you take just those extra seconds to give yourself the opportunity to respond rather than react. And our, our inner triggered wounded selves are going to want to react, and that's normal. So let's not beat ourselves up for that. Let's love ourselves for that. Love up your inner parts. 
give yourself a little love during that breath and take that just few seconds to put a pause on the reaction so that you can choose the response that's going to be most effective. And Ariana, sometimes I'll actually do, you know, if I'm reacting often, sometimes I will, I will sit there and go, so what's up with this? What's going on? Why, why am I reacting to this? You know, again, where, where am I being triggered and how can I shift that response? And I love the fact uh, that we're coming back to breath because I do think that that's very important. So Ariana, I have one, one sort of final question, but I'm looking for um, a couple things. Key tips, you, you gave me breath, but can you give the audience just some key tips about um, how to use your voice uh, one, to be more authoritative, two, to be more in partnership, and less commanding, demanding. Great. So for women, usually the authoritative voice is a matter of claiming your authority. Most women think they have to drop the pitch in order to sound authoritative. But you can actually have authority in any pitch range. I like to talk about Kristen Chenoweth, who's got a really high voice like a little kid. But she's very yes. authoritative. <laughs> so <laughs> claim your authority in your own pitch range. Use your breath, breathe, and think of that idea of speaking from partnership. I'm speaking not to, to justify, not to have revenge, not to dominate. I'm speaking at a partnership with myself first so that my needs are being spoken. And I'm speaking in partnership with you. And when you have that intention, your intention is carried on the tone of your voice. So your intention informs how your voice comes out. Fantastic. So claim your authority um, as, as soon as you get on stage and use the voice you have to be in partnership with your audience and the people that you're working with. And you have a right you have a right to speak. And as a woman, that's a really important thing to remind yourself. I have a right to speak. I have a right to have my opinions be heard. I have a right to speak my needs and have them be considered and and taken into account. I have a right to speak my creativity into the world and have it be acknowledged. Thank you, Ariana. Those are perfect tips for our audience. And thank you for being on the show. Um, If you have any additional questions or would like to dig deeper in the art of hurting cats, please do check out the website at www.dare2dreamwithlinda.com. Until next time, be courageous and dare to lead. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to Leadership Stars. Please join Linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll feature another noted leader next week.